Hi, my friends. I am sitting here trying to figure out if I can properly translate this idea that I have that I want to talk to you guys about today and realizing that kind of what I talked about last episode, which was the um, artist work of translating some inside into the outside. So here goes. I've been thinking a lot about surrender, which if you know anything about me, is pretty much the thing I suck at the most. I may have a little bit of control issues. Um, no, truly, like I love a plan. I love a four-step, 10-step, a five-year plan, and like a 10-step action plan, right? I like knowing that if I do ABC, it will lead to XYZ. I am so jealous of people who have traditional jobs like I don't know, being a doctor or a lawyer or something where there's a very delineated way of climbing the ranks, of proving yourself, and then being able to reach a higher level of success. Which is also probably why I'd be incredibly bored doing that, because I think I think we are drawn towards the things that we need to learn, and I think we are drawn towards the things that we find hard because there's something there to teach us. And I think that's why I love art so much, because being an artist is so, so much of a roller coaster and so much of, you know, they have this saying for actors that you're only as good as your last film. So if your last film was a huge success, everybody wants to work with you. If your last film was a flop, nobody wants to work with you. And I think something similar applies to music. I'm sure to being a visual artist, having the art gallery showing, right? There's this constant need to create the next big hit. And what's hard about that is they're, as much as they're trying to algorithm their way into a big hit, nobody actually knows what the hell the next big hit's going to be. And so there's no actual formula for success, which is why it's the most maddening and the most fascinating of things to pursue. And, and when I think about being an actor and I think about, again, I like a to-do list. I like a thing that I'm going to do every day that I'm going to know is getting me closer to my goal. And one of the things that I find most curious and hard and interesting is what is that checklist if the goal is to attract or be right for the next acting role that is a really good fit for me. Yes, there are auditions. Yes, there are meeting people. There are all these things that you can do. But it's this fascinating thing where, again, there's no X. It's not the auditions sort of come out of the blue. They often land in your inbox months apart when you haven't heard from your agent in a while and you've been doing other things entirely. There's this really out of left field sense to how opportunities come your way. And I would imagine this is true even of like writing a book. You know, I think you write a book and you submit and submit and submit and might get a whole bunch of denials and maybe you're going out and meeting people and then you you meet the friend of a cousin of an agent who then takes a chance on you. Like there's so much of it about it that's ineffable. There's so much about it that cannot be properly explained. You look at anyone's career trajectory who is an artist. There are all these things that happened that everyone's career is incredibly different. Everyone's trajectory is incredibly different. And again, there's not like a whole ton of like you go to this school, you get this degree, you apply for this job, you figure this out. 
And I have a brain that likes Excel spreadsheets. I have a brain that wants to know what the system is. I have a brain that wants to know, tell me what to do today. That is my checklist. That is my to-do list. I crush my to-do list and I know I'm one step closer to the thing that really matters to me. And so I've been thinking about what it is to put surrender on my to-do list, which is such an oxymoron, but very me. Um, because I like things that I can do and I feel like, well, if surrender's on my list, then I can check it off for the day. But what I mean by surrender is staying open to the next opportunity that is coming for you. I think what I've always found hard about surrender is this feeling of inaction, this feeling that I don't control anything, that I don't know where I'm headed, that I'm just free falling into a world of people making films and TV shows and putting on plays, and I might not want to be a part of that. Like, I love CSI, I respect the F out of what it's done, but I don't really want to tell the story of someone getting murdered every week. It's just not great juju for me. Um, And I know that. And so I think those are incredible roles, but I wouldn't necessarily want to be attracting that role, right? And so I've always kind of felt this sense of how do you know that the opportunities that are coming for you are the ones that are going to align with who you want to be and also match with the kind of career you're trying to shape for yourself. And I don't think anyone has an answer, which is, again, part of the psychological warfare of being an artist. But I had this idea for a project, um, which I'm still uh, nibbling on, but got a little sidelined with my shoulder having some issues these past uh, (laughs) almost two months now. And and I got stuck on this idea, if, if I create for myself and I perform for myself, then how will I know if it's getting to the right people? How will I know that it's going to land me the next role? How do I get it just in front of the right people? How do I even know who, and there's a strike going on, so no one is actually actively auditioning or developing, but people are definitely writing scripts, thinking about their next project, hoping that when the strike ends, they get to go back to work, right? So no one's actively looking, but everyone's always thinking about creative next projects. So who's got the script or the film that maybe just premiered at uh, Toronto Film Festival or is going to Sundance um, or was in Sundance earlier this year? And their next project would be a really great fit for me, but I don't even know who they are yet. Who is like doing, like, I love when I watch shows on Netflix and I am just awed by how brilliant and and yummy and perfect and so exciting for me as an audience to discover that that show exists. And I didn't even know who the showrunner was before that show happened. So I like to think about like, how do you even find the people who have yet to spark the idea of the thing that you want to be a part of? And how do you show them that you would want to be a part of that and you would be really right for that, right? That's the math equation my brain is always trying to um, put together. And I again, control, feel a lot of anxiety about just throwing the net wide. And which I think is what probably is the best idea and the best advice, right, is put a whole bunch of stuff out there all the time consistently so people can discover you. And I think what's always been hard for me about that is control and feeling like, well, if everybody sees everything, then I don't know what I am attracting. And I don't know if it's going to be a CSI, God bless them kind of role, uh, which honestly, I could have so much fun with if it was like a one off. I just don't know that I want to do seven years of that. But again, great show. Um, Or if it's going to be like an indie uh, 
I'm thinking of Taylor Sheridan wrote um, River. It's going to drive me crazy now. This really great film. Um, and nobody quite knew who he was. And then he blew up and made um, the Paramount show Yellowstone, which has been this huge, huge hit if you haven't heard about it. Anyway, Wind River is this phenomenal, phenomenal film that was like a tiny film that did all of these um, film festival circuits. And the gems that you don't know exist, right? That you don't even know that people are writing and, and creating. Um, and, and so what I've been thinking about is this idea that surrender is not just like being a, f <laughs> my visuals are so weird, a dead fish, like not just being like a floppy, you have no agency, you have no life, you are just kind of like waiting for something to pick you up, which I think is what I've always associated with surrender. And instead, I've been thinking a lot, and I'm going to get woo with you guys about energy and about how our thoughts are energy. We know this. We know that we as humans are electrical currents. We know that our thoughts transmit. We have no idea how, but there has been research showing that people um, who pray and meditate and send good thoughts toward plants, the plants thrive, and people who send hateful thoughts toward plants, the plants shrivel up and get sick. We know that our thoughts have power. We know that our thoughts transmit. Maybe not in words. We certainly don't know how, but we know that, that, that we're all antennas and we're all receiving and sending all the time. And one way to look at it that's more maybe tangible is, again, dating is such a great microcosm of way we're looking at life. But let's say you're on a date and you're really feeling yourself and you're feeling really just enchanted with life and you're feeling cute and you're feeling whatever, you're going to lean into the person and you're going to be curious about them and you're going to be charming because you feel good about yourself, you feel good about who you are and you're genuinely curious and you feel really safe and um, there's that space to fully bloom into who you are and you can be very uh, excited, right? Versus if you're feeling, if your thoughts about yourself are that you're not enough, that maybe this isn't the right time, that you don't know what to say, that um, maybe, you know, what you're going to say is stupid, your whole body will sort of close up. You're going to stop making eye contact. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be, um, looking to them for permission. You're going to be hesitant about what you say. You're going to be quiet. You're going to eat your own words, right? You're just going to swallow into yourself. And that is a very concrete way in which our thoughts about ourselves translate into the actions that we take, into the ways that we show up and, relate to other humans. So same about your book or your piece of um, fine art or your sculpture or your acting. If you feel incredibly good and like it adds value to the world and it's important for people to see and it brings delight and entertainment, you're going to be excited talking about the work that you do and you're going to want to meet other directors and writers and talk about what they think is important in the world and what kind of stories they want to tell, right? Versus if which I do a lot of, um, you're questioning what is the meaning of acting and does it make any sense and the world is on fire and we should really worry about that and you're just going to keep pulling into yourself and into yourself and into yourself until it gets really hard to meet someone from a clear place where your brain is clear and you're not just sort of nattering at yourself about all the ways in which this might be a bad idea and you're able to see them and then make something great together. 
And so I think a lot about, and a lot of the work that I do is cleaning up those narratives that I hold, right? I, I'm fascinated by the fact that I can watch hours of Netflix and feel like it is teaching me about how to human. It is teaching me about relationships and life and heartbreak and loss and love and friendships and growing up and be so grateful for the amount of television and theater and music and art that is in my life that sustains me and walks the path of being a human with me and somehow still turn it on myself and say, well, my stuff isn't good enough. I don't know the value of what I'm doing. I should definitely have a more concrete job where I can show you exactly what the value of this is that I do. That's a dichotomy that I live with, so I'm always kind of exploring it and curious. But what I'm aware of is that it does this thing where I can talk about some things with confidence and ease and joy and charm because I'm excited about them. And other things, especially acting that matter to me, I tend to get very closed off and doubtful and curious and judgy. And I don't know if I'm enough and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so if we think about that transmitting, we think about that is the place where I have control, where I have agency to do work since I like a checklist and a to-do list, which is why a lot of my checklists are about doing journaling and figuring out my daily practices to get clear about those narratives that aren't serving me, those thoughts that I have that I repeat to myself that just make me play small and get curious enough about them, about why they're important to me, why I hold on to them, how they keep me safe, how they think they are protecting me or how they believe they are protecting me and how to have a different relationship to them so that I can feel incredibly safe and also do the thing that matters to me. So that's part one of the like surrender being an inside job and having agency within your surrender. And the other part of it was that in everything that we do, and this is hard for me, but it's like one of those things where like, I know it when I see it from a bird's eye view, but when I'm inside of it, doing it myself, I'm like, really? But I think we know this to be true. Like this project that I was working on had to do with choosing different, um, excerpts from novels and using them as character studies and then recording them as one minute, like Instagram, like characters, almost like a monologue and putting them on Instagram. And of course I got in my head about, you know, why and who will see this and what does it matter? And am I good enough? Blah, 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 blah. But also the larger question was, what will this lead to? Again, I have a 10-year plan brain that wants to know how do I reverse engineer meeting the person who's going to make the film that I'm most excited about, who's going to make the TV show that I really want to be a part of. And I have a really hard time trusting that if I just keep showing up with my own ideas about what's important, with my own curiosity about the world, with my own take on how to bring a character to life, that will eventually align with the people who are doing similar exciting stuff. And so it occurred to me as I was looking for different pieces of writing, how even the act of choosing those pieces of writing was revealing something about the kind of stories that I want to tell. And that means that my antenna is transmitting from that place of these are the stories that really light me up. These are the characters that most light me up. And when my antenna is lit up with that is what I'm transmitting, that is where I'm excited, that's where I feel my most true self, my most alive, Again, it's woo, but we resonate. It's the high vibes thing, right? If I am 
feeling good at that energy, someone else who also feels good at that energy is going to be attracted. We don't know how, but we know this to be true. Um, And so the work becomes further and further looking into yourself and getting more and more solid in where do you feel that spark? What excites you about that role? What excites you about creating that character? Is it an accent? Is it a physicality? Is it the location? Is it the costume? Is it, you know, playing with age or a backstory? Is it the language itself? All of these things are different for different people. And whatever it is that lights you up, and this is what's interesting too, because when I'm in my flip side, where I'm looking outside in and trying to figure out what will someone else see in this performance? How will they judge it? How will they, how will I know if they think it's good enough? is really what it comes down to. Then I give up my agency and I'm actually not in a place of surrender. I'm in a place of trying to anticipate the judgment so I can solve for the judgment by controlling what I anticipate someone else will think, right? When when you say it like that, it's completely insane and completely impossible, but that's what the control brain does. It's its deepest, deepest desire is to keep us safe. And its deepest belief is that if it can control everybody else out there and all of their thoughts and all of their actions, I will be safe. We sadly can't do any of that. I can't even know what other people think. Um, I can maybe know what they say. I can maybe know what they write. Um, But even that can be rife with subtext. I don't know why they do what they do. And I certainly will make myself crazy. I have enough thoughts of my own, guys. I definitely don't want to be trying to figure out someone else's thoughts. But that's what my brain spends its time doing, trying to figure out how will this performance matter enough to the person I most want to impress? And what do I need to, this person that I don't even know, by the way, what do I need to do in order to make sure that they see it and are impressed by it and take XYZ action of like offering me a role, right? That's where my brain is going seven steps ahead of me. And it takes away this ability to say to myself, why this, why am I excited by this? I don't need to know why, but just how do I follow that excitement? How do I follow that spark? How do I follow that? I'm feeling it kind of thing that you want on a first date, right? How do I, how do I follow that? And then trust that if what I'm putting out into the world comes from that genuine, this was exciting to me because of this topic, because of this relationship that explored, because of this language, because of this, like, I like period pieces, you know, I want to wear a costume and I want to be in the 1800s or this whole thing, like uh, PBS masterpiece. I'm always like, I want to be in the corset with the horses, <laughs> old school movies. Um, that was a dream, like back in, in acting school. So like, if you know what you're lit up by, it doesn't mean that all those things are going to come to you, but you're going to get closer and closer at finding those people because you are coming from that place of this is what excites me. And this is what I resonate at. And when I resonate and when I have real clarity over what I resonate and what lights me up, this is super woo, but that energy conversation gets louder, right? Those thoughts are louder. They broadcast further. Yes, in a sense of like you put them on Instagram, they actually broadcast further. But in terms of how you move in the world, in terms of how you reach out by email or DM someone, in terms of how you show up for yourself every day, you have permission to be most excited by what excites you. And the more you can lean into staying true to that, but also falling in love with the being true to that. And I think that is the hardest part. I think, again, the world is hard. 
capitalism is hard, but also humans are all scared of being vulnerable. And the way that we protect our vulnerability is by judging ourselves so harshly before anyone else can judge us. And it makes it really hard to fall in love with your true deepest desire to express your true artist, because all we want to do is judge it first to keep it safe rather than share it and maybe not be understood, maybe have our heart broken, maybe not get the role we were really excited about. And those things are really hard to do. And so I think we proactively make ourselves wrong in the things that we want most because that's so much safer. And I'm not saying this is intentional. I'm just trying to figure out like where my brain is turning against itself in the belief that all our brains are always trying to keep us safe. It is their absolute golden rule. It is their only, only purpose for being is to keep us safe. And from that premise, anything that I think, even if it sounds really hateful or wrong, is actually always trying to keep me safe, which is a really opens up so much curiosity to look at how you are thinking and why you're thinking. And so from the surrender to to do list, right, it changes from. So the non-surrender to do list is let me make a list of 10 people I want to impress and let me figure out how to get in front of those 10 people. Let me figure out exactly what outfit and what cute hair and what I should say and what I should do so that they will like me. Um, which honestly might work for some people and might work for a short time. But the truth is, the more you do that, the more further away you get from your inherent self. And all we want as artists is to be our most inherent self, right? The thing that is most resonating, touching, moving to us is to see someone in their full humanity. So the more that we are putting on masks for other people for them to like us, the further from our own humanity we get distanced, the less we have to share, the less spark we have, the less interesting, the less far we can go. Um, And so the flip side, the surrender is following the spark, which sounds so much more fun and so much easier and somehow is harder because it's more vulnerable because all the questions of what if someone doesn't like it? What if it's the wrong thing? What if the person I most want to impress turns out not to be impressed? What if they say no? You know, it's all the dating dilemma of how do you show your true self and hope that person likes you? And what do you do if they don't? And the answer is always you lick your wounds and you love yourself harder. But I don't think we get taught that so much. I think we get really good at, let me figure out a cuter dress. Let me figure out how to lose more weight. Let me figure out how to make more money. Let me figure out how to be more impressive and more secure in all these external things so that They can't help but choose me. Which makes sense, but ultimately leaves you really empty. And the hardest thing is if you got all the money and the thinness and the pretty clothes and they still don't choose you, you kind of got nothing left because you haven't been working on loving yourself even more. I have no idea how this episode turned into like a dating 101 thing. Um, But I do absolutely think so much about how dating is art and art is life. Dating is life. Like it's all just about vulnerability and being true to yourself and being able to stay true to yourself even when the world um, might not be getting it or liking it. So I don't know how to end this episode, you guys, um, other than I'm still in this conversation with myself. And so I hope you will be also about 
If the word isn't surrender, if the idea isn't surrender, what is the thing that allows you, that gives you permission to fall deeper into, to follow, to fall deeper into the rabbit hole of like, where is your truest desire and what sparks you and what are you most excited to say in the world? And then how do you keep giving yourself more and more permission to say that? And how do you trust more and more that as long as you are able to say that, more clearly and more loudly, not shouting, just with clarity and with focus and standing in that. That's how people can see you clearly and know what you stand for, and then they can come find you. That's what I'm going to try to practice as I move forward the rest of this year. Um, I hope that made some amount of sense to you guys. As always, I'm often still working on things when I come here to talk. And I love being in this journey with you about what it means to live authentically, what it means to live as a human, what it means to want desperately to stay safe and need to stay safe for our own mental health. We all need to be safe for our own physical health. We all need to be safe. And also, in order to be known and loved, we also need to be seen and we need to be able to reveal our true selves. And that's always going to be a dynamic and attention of being human, of being an artist, of being in community. And I'm here for it. I don't got a whole lot of answers, but um, I'm certainly always looking for new ways of tackling the age-old problems of what it is. Um to be human and to have something to say about it. Be well, my friends.